I have a word for you out of Philippians chapter 4. So I love to get to say this. Please flip over to Philippians. I love it. Uh, just to give some background, Philippi is a region where Paul the Apostle pioneered a church. And he went and he, he really loved these people. He, he cared for these people. He said, I'm confident of this very thing. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Christ. This is an interesting group. These four chapters are so powerful. And um, there's some amazing things that I want to just show you from the first nine verses of chapter four. And so let's just start. You ready? Uh, if you're a note taker, I've got eight points out of one verse. I've got four points out of another verse. I've got one point coming up right now. So uh, do the math. There are going to be a lot of points. Father, I pray that you would enlighten us and give us insight and inspiration as we pour through this chapter, this, this paragraph in the Bible. May we grasp it, may we come to be doers of it, and uh, may we grow in it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Chapter 4, verse 1, New American Standard. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Now this speaks of the fatherly heart of Paul concerning these people. He calls them beloved, beloved brethren. He calls them uh, his joy and crown. He says, man, I long to see you. So these are people that have Paul's affection. And they're a very interesting group of people. And he's, he's telling them, just... just Stand firm in the Lord. You know, stand firm. Having done all to stand, he told the Ephesian church, the church at Ephesus, he said, having done all to stand, stand, right? And uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's a great hymn. And uh, so he's, he's this builder. He's called, he called himself a wise master builder in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But he said he planted and another apostle Apollos watered. He said, but God is after all the one that's causing the growth, and he is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Again, that's in the book of Philippians. There's so much in Philippians. We don't have time to go to it, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is in chapter 4, verse 13. Verse 19, we quoted earlier uh, that my God shall supply all of my needs, you know, so there's some amazing richness here, but I love this next verse, and it ties in with what I shared last week about agreement and harmony and symphonic uh, like uh, flow amongst us in our relationships. In chapter 4, verse 2, after he gives this uh, final uh, statement, he says, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. I urge Euodia, these are two female names, so these are two women in the church of Philippi, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So this is about all we hear regarding these people. But we know these are women that worked with Paul and with a guy named Clement 
that they really uh, shared in the struggle, Paul's struggle with the gospel. But why is he then saying right here in verse 2 that they, he urges them to live and function in harmony together uh, and be of the same mind? The, 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 it could also be of the same mind. That was in chapter 2 of Philippians uh, that Paul really, really was given a secret to the, the early church and it's a secret to the last day's church, which is us, that if there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. So that's harmony. Uh, maintaining the same love, that's harmony. United in spirit, intent on one purpose. You know, Phil and Don Everly, the Everly brothers, were, were just, they, they mixed their voices so interestingly that they actually inspired the Beach Boys, the Beatles, and a whole movement of popular music. And if you listen to Phil and Don Everly, the Everly brothers, it's surreal how amazing their harmonies are. Uh, the Beach Boys were relatives, and they blended their voices in a really interesting way. Um, we're relatives. Euodia and Syntyche were being told, hey, don't be, have dissonance, have resonance. Don't clash, flow. Yeah. And Paul is painting a, a picture here that I, as a pastor, love. I love the idea of, of the model of being united in spirit, intent on one purpose. You know, I, I'm, I'm you know, leading the church here in January, and I'm very, very cognizant of vision I'm thinking of the things we need to do with children's ministry, with youth ministry. I'm thinking about married couples, singles. I'm thinking about the, the evangelistic responsibility we have. I'm thinking about discipleship and studies and things like that. Women's breakfast, women's meetings, men's breakfast, men's meetings. I'm thinking about, you know, old school stuff like maybe like what we used to do, family retreats. I don't know. What, what, what are you saying for us to do in these upcoming days? Or what would you have us do for this, this body? Well, I'll tell you one thing I know he does want us to do. He wants us to dwell together in harmony. And through the, the era we've been in, um, there have been many things bearing down on society to disrupt harmony and create division. You don't really need me to tell you that, but it's been amplified and been accentuated recently. And so, uh, but it was, uh, nothing's new under the sun. It was uh, clearly uh, the church at Philippi, they too were occupied by the Roman um, uh, garrisons, and they were dealing with the same kinds of issues all around the whole then-known world of, of uh, you know, the Mediterranean area. And uh, so there were a lot of social things going on uh, with these guys. And I don't know what was going on with Euodia and Syntyche. We are not um, given the, uh, the fodder for gossip here. It's like, what'd they do? You know, it's, it, it's, just, clear, it's just simple. And it's, it's like, man, I want these ladies that did really help me out in the struggle of the gospel and helped with Clement also and others. Um, man, urge them, urge them to live in harmony in the Lord. And there are some harmonizing tonal things that come out of the rest of these pages, uh, out of these verses. And if you're a note taker, I take down some notes because I spent uh, the better part of the last couple days. I, I don't know that I've ever tried to memorize the scripture, but I tried to memorize verse 8. And so I'm going to try to showcase it and see how I do tonight. So 
You might want to stick around to see if I do it right. But anyway, uh, verse, verse uh, 4, this is where you thought I would start. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. But I don't think we should start right there, because Paul didn't start right there. Paul said, hey, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, people I'm attracted to and attached to and fond of and miss, I want to have FaceTime with, I want to fellowship with you, you're my joy and my crown. You're my joy and my crown. Think about the, the, the pioneer of a church having those feelings about Clement and Euodia and Syntyche and, and the Philippian jailer and his family and the, probably the, the uh, girl that had the spirit of divination that got delivered and, and you know, the, these are all, and Lydia and her household, they were all in this proximity. So what a great church. We know some of the members of this church. Um, and I, I, I relate to this as a pastor and somebody who's been living with the Lord um, that we're at our best when we're flowing together. Behold how good and how precious, precious it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And uh, uh, if two of us agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. And um, I didn't look it up, but in Matthew 18 in the uh, Passion Bible, the, the words about agreement, the word in Greek is, uh, uh, I think it's... Uh, Symphueo or something. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's where we get the word symphony. And we live in a town that has a great symphony. And uh, it's wonderful. Symphonic music is profound. You know, how can, you know, sometimes 60, 70, 80 musicians come together and, and, and be in tune and express, you know, this, this, these waves of sound, you know, um, God wants us to sound forth and herald uh, with rejoicing. They're, 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 and that's what I love about starting church with singing, because we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And sometimes we have to just dig in uh, and get intentional about finding things to rejoice over. And in fact, this here says rejoice in the Lord always, doesn't it? No, it also says, and again, I say rejoice. Why? You know, uh, this young parent, these parents are being real conscientious with their, their, their child rearing. You know, when, when you say truly, truly, like, you know, when Jesus said truly, truly, when you say something twice, like rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. You know, uh, it's, it, there's, there's a doubling up to let us know just how important it is. And God has called us, the root word for rejoice is joy. And we need to understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there is a lot of depressive stuff going on right now. There's a lot of stuff that produces anxiety right now. And just like with Euodia and Syntyche, there's stuff that creates disharmony and division. I've noticed this in, you know, 40, almost 40, what, how many years ago did we get married? Uh, 45 almost. And, you know, we've had, we've had to work at harmonizing and not clashing because there's an anointing on agreement. And there's power, and, and God inhabits the praises of his people, right? And he wants us to have a spirit and an attitude that's thankful. Gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, where we're just gra gratefulness. Uh, scientists, medical doctors, psychologists are finding that the 
one of the most important essentials in our human existence is carrying an attitude of gratitude. That, that to go in with thankfulness has its own properties of benefit. And Jesus has been preaching this to us. The Bible's been preaching this to us. Uh, that Moses and the, and the Jewish people were preaching this to us. They, the, the, from the beginning, enter in with thanksgiving, right? How many of you have something to be thankful for? Who in here is grateful? I'm grateful. Are you grateful you're still here? You grateful you made it through that ridiculous hassle you thought you weren't going to make it through? I mean, I am. Aren't you grateful for the influence of believers that, that, that impacted your life? Greg, aren't you grateful for your grandpa and your grandma that loved Jesus so much? And now he took you at his, right at his deathbed and, and told you to walk with God and be in church. And here you are. You're cooperating with your grandpa. And I'm grateful that you flowed with that. And he painted this stage up here, and he did a beautiful job. Give, give Greg a shout-out over there. Greg, thank you. It's beautiful. Painted it blue. And he told me that the name of the paint is New York State of Mind. Is that correct? So there you go. All right, right here in the heartland. Rejoice in the Lord Always, and again I say rejoice. Always maintain, one translation says, always maintain the glad spirit. Always maintain, and it can slip. It can slip. That's why he said rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. We used to sing a song in the round. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And then the ladies would come in, and we'd rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Some of you guys know that song. And it was fun. And we'd get in the round, you know, and it was way better than row, row, row your boat. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we should probably reintroduce it because um, it's kind of like a loop. And a lot of times my brain will get in the wrong kind of loop. You know what I'm saying? And rejoicing brings a lot of deliverance regarding that. And then it goes right into this uh, and takes a little turn and says in, after rejoicing, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. That is powerful. Uh, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. In other words, don't be harsh, nor aggressive, nor caustic, you know, nor blunt. Um, but, be, but be gentle. Gentle's not, gentle's not passive. Gentle's not wimpy, Right? Gentle's not sort of uh, uh, reticent. Gentle's not any of that. Because uh, we're told to, you know, really be strong and stand and rejoice. But, be, but doing it in a context of having a cool spirit, a gentle spirit. And, uh, and that, that's part of conformity to the image of Jesus. And, and it reminds me, it's reminiscent of something he said in, uh, in Matthew 11, where he invites us, all you come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, right? And I will give you rest. He says in verse 28, um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Get a load of this, for I am gentle and humble in heart. The Jesus I know, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of hosts, who's referred to in Revelation, there's going to be the wrath of the lamb. There are aspects of this that he, he, our God is a consuming fire, but make no mistake about it. Uh, Jesus was gentle and humble in heart. Kids could approach him. Nicodemus could approach him. The woman at the well overcame the social stigma and listened to him and interacted with him when she was a non-Jew. And she was, you know, the, 
the male-dominated society and a lady who's not supposed to talk to a man and all that kind of stuff and push past uh, the racist uh, markers of the time. And Why? Because Jesus is gentle and humble of heart. Because Jesus, that gentle and humble of heart thing builds bridges. And we need to let our gentle spirit be known to all men. And, and, and cooler heads will prevail. And I've seen this in court where I watched a judge have a cool and gentle spirit instead of vindictive and exhibiting their, 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 their hatred for the crime and the criminal. They, they, were, they, they exuded fairness, and it was really spectacular. It, it must take a special type of development and training, excuse me, <coughs> to get to that point where you can engage in those difficult levels and maintain a cool spirit. Parenting, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I hinted for that. This wasn't yours, was it? I'm just messing with him. Um, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Like, what did Thomas, President Thomas Jefferson say? When you get mad, count to 10. If you get really mad, count to 100. That, you just buy time. And, and, and just maintain a gentle spirit. And, you, you know, you, you could tell. Um, hey, I, I, gotta, I can't talk about this right now. You know, if, if we can do this, get a skill set regarding verse 4 and rejoice always. Verse um, 2, uh, live in harmony. Um, verse 5, maintain a gentle spirit. Uh, I think it's going to enhance our bridge building, our connectivity with others. And uh, everybody say, walk in love. love. Yeah, that's what we do. We walk in love. And and then now we're getting into the drum roll, please. Some of these more famous scriptures, be anxious for nothing. Paul's talking to people that are his joy and crown. He's talking to my beloved, he calls him, and he's told him to stand firm. He's told him to, he told a couple of them to live in harmony, and for that matter, he's telling all of us to, and to rejoice always, and to have, maintain a gentle spirit, right? These are, these are really key components for this great church of Philippi and increased potential to impact their generation. And um, he goes, be anxious for nothing. Um, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving is like rejoicing. That's that attitude of gratitude. Let your requests be made known to God. I love that verse. That's like a 1 Peter 5, 7 and 8. Casting all your cares, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he'll exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Some of you are bombarded right now. Some of some people haven't you haven't even told anybody, but you're dealing with some stuff. And I, this verse emphatically urges us to not be anxious about it, but pray about it. And this is practical for me because if God just said, "Don't worry, be happy," it's a little bit vague. But when He says, "Don't," He He doesn't sing Bobby McFerrin, "Don't worry, be happy." Although I like that song actually because you know He's He's the instrument, you know. And um, I think he or his dad were from St. Louis, so there's that. But 
He says, don't worry about anything. In the New Living Translation, it says, pray about everything. So I've even had to remind myself of this when things are worrisome. It's like, wait, have we really attacked this in prayer? I got a card from Paul Deal, and I started to pray for Dale, and I'm, you know, he alerted me to it, and I'm praying for him. I got a phone call today about a friend in New Zealand who needs prayer, and another lady in Tulsa who needs healing. And I'm believing God that he will stretch forth his hand and heal, and the signs and wonders will be done in the name of his son, Jesus. And instead of worrying about these things, I'm going to take it to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to get it before him. And he says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The economy, the political setup, the social uh, ills of our times, uh, the issues we see when things try to bear down on our own kids or our adult kids or things that have happened to us all around about. God doesn't want us to be anxious about anything. He says, he doesn't say, yeah, you could worry, healthy worry is a little is good. It shows how much you love people. You know, I'm from a long line of worriers. My, my grandma let us know we, she loved us by how much she worried. I heard, a, I heard a comedian, he said, his grandma said, if you hurt yourself, I'll kill you. You know, so it's like, <laughs> that, you know, I guess she didn't want to worry about it, you know. It's like, okay, man, we better not hurt, get hurt, or she'll kill us. But anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, in fact, our friend Patsy Caminetti, she said that she would get bombarded in, in areas while she, in, 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 her, in her day, in her night. And even at night, she said she'd keep a pen and a pad by her bed, and she'd go, oh, thank you. And she'd write down the thing in the form of prayer. And then she'd go back to sleep, and she'd, she'd cover it in prayer. And uh, we just talked about that, that, that we, we are not to give our energies over just to, and, and, and we could do this. We could just get, get our minds on these things. Or we could go, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you by invitation. And in the name of Jesus, I ask you uh, to come in and invade this situation. Give me wisdom. I don't know. God, show me what to do. Uh, cover these people in their situation right now. Calm the storms. Uh, uh, you know, heal the bitterness. Do a miracle, Lord. Do a miracle, right? And uh, it's, it's just such a blessing. That's why God calls our church, the church, to be a house of prayer for the nations. Yeah. We're actually to pray for the nations. Pray for the Ukraine and Russia. Pray for what's going on all around the planet. You know, we lift them up and pray. And, um, and let our requests be made known to God. You, you say, well, God doesn't know, God know everything. Why does he want us to bother to go into this, uh, this uh, pattern of prayer? That, it's because that's the way God made it. And in James, it says you have not because you ask not, or you ask amiss to consume it on your own desires. So he's basically saying we should pray. He said Elijah was a man of like passions as we, and he prayed. And he was a pretty volatile dude. And, uh, and yet he prayed. And when he prayed, it didn't rain for three and a half years. And when he prayed, um, mountains moved. So uh, God answered his prayers. And so this is the cure for anxiety. And, uh, and then it gets, it gets into, into this next couple of verses. Here's what the results will be when you pray. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. That's the opposite of anxiety. The peace of God which passes all, surpasses all comprehension, will, will do two things. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Our mind is a battlefield. That's where the devil's trying to sow thoughts and distortion and get us all ramped up. And uh, that's why we have got to get our minds stayed on him. Isaiah 26, 3 says, I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So as we do that, there's an amazing and great outcome. Now, there are eight things from Philippians 8. Now, here's my test. Whatsoever things are true, don't put them up on the screen. Whatsoever, well, now I won't look. You look. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are lovely, oh, right, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good repute, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, Think on these things. Dwell on these things. Ponder these things. How'd I do? I think I got a B minus because I messed up on lovely, but I'm, I'm working on it. Everybody say true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, excellent, and praiseworthy. So these are the, these are, got, you know, it's, it's really a gift that we're given eight things to dwell on. And I think that there's something magnificent about this list. Um, God desires truth in the inner man. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, the word is aletheis, and it's uh, consistent with fact or reality. You know, we need a lot of fact-checking these days. We hear a lot of things that are inaccurate. And uh, there's, a, there's a big concern in the world right now about, about false things and false reports and so forth. So uh, we, we, need to, we need to stride into and look for whatever is true and look for the truth in a matter. Look for the truth in a situation. And uh, that's the opposite of lies, you know. And so there's, there's a, the devil is the father of lies, but God's the God of truth. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So to dwell on the word is a, puts us in position to get our minds lined up and to live up to what, Paul, what, what David prayed in Psalm, one, in Psalm 19, the last verse. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. There's so many things vying to get our minds on other things. It's good right now we're in this house and I'm, I'm preaching in the way I am to get your mind on Jesus and the way we worship to get our minds on Jesus. We even gave our finances toward him and, and, and our time and efforts toward him, right? And uh, it, it's, it's, it's an honorable thing. That's the next thing. Whatever is honorable. Whatever is honorable. Venerable. Uh, the King James says honest, which is very close to truth. Um, but that which is... Uh, you know, again, worthy of, of, of uh, rejoicing over, something that's, that's venerable, like that's, that's noble, that's great. And we, we get our minds on those things. We get our minds on those things. Um, there's so much, you know, the goal of this church is to honor God and to help people. And so we need to help ourselves to these adjustments so we're going to live in harmony with each other. We're going to rejoice together and to keep a gentle spirit about us we're not going to live in, in berserk worry syndrome, right? right yeah. 
Who in here is casting all your cares on the Lord? I mean, you, you, we've got to do it. When Dana's daughter got hit by a car, we had to cast our cares on the Lord. You know, it was a rough several weeks. And God has done a great work and is doing a great work in those kids. When the flood of 93 hit our church, we just had to shift out of anxiety and get into faith. And, and get on to, God, what's the truth about this? The truth is, you didn't flood this building. You're not punishing us. It's just because we had the worst rain since 1927. And all the agricultural levees weren't built right, so they messed up. And that's just the way it goes. And uh, I'm not giving you any, I'm not blaming you for any of it. But I know you're going to help us through it. Right? That's the truth of it, and that's, that honors God that we have that kind of, and, and it's the opposite of deceptive. We, we know that honorable is that which deserves esteem and respect. We look for those things. We, we, we live on those tracks. Number three, right. Whatever is right. Uh, dekaios is the way it's, it's said in, in Greek. And it's equitable, innocent, holy, free from error. So we, we know the word of God is that way. We know that God's word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. We know that it's inspired by God and is profitable. Men of old were moved by the Holy Spirit to write it, and we could trust the integrity of the word, the truth of the word, how honorable the word is, how right it is. And we've got to go with what's right. We've got to do the right thing. And um, we've got to do it in the right way. Whatsoever things are pure, hognos is the word, clean. There's so much. There's even an unclean spirit talked about in the Bible. And there's so much filth of sin and so much degradation. And God's wanting us to focus on that which is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely. Lovely. Uh, you know, it, it, the opposite of lovely would be ugly. There's a lot of things the devil's put ugly on. And, and we've got to look for those things that are lovely. And, and look past, uh, you know, like Jesus looked past the ugliness of the leprosy on the leper and said, I will. And he healed him and he was cleansed and he became uh, purified and he became, that which was ugly became lovely. The, the, girl, the, 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 the girl with the spirit of divination I talked about when Paul cast a demon out of her, she went from ugly to lovely. She went from impure to pure. And I believe in God as we look at what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and we think on these things, and we ponder these things, and we make our mind go toward these things instead of meditating on the garbage. I tell you, you know, back in 77, I remember Chet Huntley and David Brinkley announced in black and white TV um, when in 77 when, when El Elvis Presley has died. You know, I remember when uh, the, uh, the one reporter, Walter Cronkite in black and white, that President Kennedy had been shot in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, you know, and I remember that as a young person. And, uh, and I remember news cycles being pretty rough, um, but I don't remember it ever being quite this rough. And uh, where its objectivity has gone out of the way and it's become a thing. So we, we, we're like, well, we love truth and, and we, we're, we want to be informed. We live in the information age and you know, by the way, let me tell you something about the information superhighway. The first book printed with movable print was called the Gutenberg Bible. 
It was God's word. And that was the reason for the development of that technology. Uh, speed up to the Morse code. And the first thing that was tapped out on the Morse code was what God hath wrought, giving him the credit. Because uh, F.E.B. Morse, he ran out of gas in his, his uh, research. He said he, he told people he knelt down in his, uh, his uh, science lab and on the laboratory floor said, God, I need, I need light. I need light. And God gave him revelation, which bumped up manipulation of electricity into communication. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> then, uh, in around the turn of the last century, I think it was 1905, a Canadian uh, physicist named Reginald Fessenden, who had helped with radio, the, 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 the beginnings of radio, that the people that had radio uh, uh, receivers were ships of sea. And so the, it was very early, you know, the first uh, applications of these things. It wasn't, you know, playing pop music, you know, it was, it was uh, to communicate. And one of the first things, one of the first things that came out on radio was Silent Night, not on the harmonica, but on a violin. So I think the information superhighway is paved for this message and for this Savior, Jesus. And I think our brains are created not to get off on that which is ugly and negative and wrong and harsh and weird, but to get our minds fixed on him in the truth, walk in the truth, walk in an honor base and honor, just carry honor, walk in righteousness, walk in purity, walk in love and that which is lovely. And I, you know, we'll get right down to this, and we could go into it. A good repute, the King James says, good report. Good repute is that which is, generates a good reputation. You see so many people vilified and belittled and discounted. Uh, it's, it's, it's methodology in today's world. It's part of the communication. It's like tear down uh, the, 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 the person trying to bear the fruit. Read Teddy Roosevelt's speech on the man in the arena. It'll bless you. Uh, it's a powerful speech the president made back over 100 years ago. Um, uh, the, the New Zealanders call it the tall poppy syndrome. And we've got to learn to honor and support and esteem and show respect, right? Yeah. Additionally, we are to be carriers of the good report. We're to carry the good report. So I came to church, and I heard my wife get up and, and prophesy, and then she exhorted us to speak to our mountains and to believe God and use our faith. And she has it in her heart that we're going to see some breakthrough. We as individuals, we as a church, we as families, we as a community, I, I believe in for our country, right? For the nations, right? Uh, it should spread all over the planet. That's We should be trusted God for his purposes to come to pass and get results, Right? And, um, you know, we don't have time to go to it, but Numbers 13, the famous chapter where Moses sent out the spies representing the, the uh, patriarchs and the tribes, and the ten came back with a bad report, an evil report. Joshua and Caleb back, came back with a good report, right? So we need to do, we need to be, I am not ashamed that I am focused on the good report. And that I, I will even tell you, I have a bias on focusing on that which is lovely and praiseworthy and a good report. So, oh, you're just, you're just being an eternal optimist. No, 
Baseless optimism will get you running in circles. This is Bible-based uh, trust that God is going to answer the prayer. So when it says, be anxious for nothing but everything in prayer, study about prayer. Jesus said, up to this point, you haven't asked me for anything. Ask the Father in my name, and it'll be done for you, anything. In John chapter 5, verse 17, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you by my Father who's in heaven. Come on. Right? Let that explode off the pages. Let that assure you. Let that burn that anxiety off of your life. This is a cure for anxiety. God, he meets our needs. He's brought me to this point, right? He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is a present help in the time of need. And, uh, and, and I, I'm going to meditate on the good report. Any excellence, any excellence. You know, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, twice, to excel still more. And my wife also picked it up as we're starting to accumulate directives for the new year. She picked up that we're to excel. So, you know, whereas before we had to shut down and then distance the chairs and then try to figure out what to do, and now, now we're at a place now, we are going to excel. You know, then it was like, let's comply with the civic authorities. Let's be respectful. We don't want to be a hotspot for disease. We want to be a hotspot for healing. We don't want to be hot shots. We don't want to be defiant, but we also don't want to be pushovers. We are submitted, but we're not subservient. We're led by the Spirit, right? And there's all these dichotomies. That's why people get on the Internet, I'm on this side on this, and I'm on this side on this, and all this polarity and all this strife. I urge Euodia and Syntyche to dwell together in harmony because there's a power and a value in that. And it enhances our bridge building, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? Any excellence. And I think excellence is an irrefutable quality of the kingdom of God. So I am pursuing excellence. No, I'm not perfectionistic because that's unattainable. But I am wanting to excel. And I think I can improve. And I think I can grow. And I think I can gain spiritual ground. I think I could get stronger spiritually. I think I could get more knowledge from the Word of God as I study. I think I can develop that gentle spirit that Paul told us to in the earlier verse, in verse 5, right? I think I don't have to be uh, as much percentage of a jerk as I could be more godly, right? Don't you want to have your goal like I want to be where the, the levels are uh, less percentage of jerk, more percentage of, 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 of walking in the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Anything worthy of praise, anything commendable, anything that's, that, that's, that's worthy of praise, he says, ponder or dwell on or think or consider. Make this your meditation. Ponder these things. Dwell on these things. See, um, there's something called ruminating, and, and, and some people could fixate on a thing. There's even a psychological condition called hyperfocus. And um, I think if we're going to have that, we might as well have it on Jesus. Right? And those things that are true and, and uh, honorable and right, and pure, and lovely, 
and of good repute and anything excellent, anything worthy of praise. I did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 9, the things you have learned, and here's the payoff. Because the payoff for prayer is the peace of God will come. But the payoff for getting your, doing that and getting your mind on these things, that you've, and, and, and not only that, but the things you've learned and received and heard and seen. Say that. Learned and received and heard and seen. And Paul's saying, in me, practice these things, do these things, perform these things, be sticklers about these things. What things? The things you've learned, received, heard, and seen in Paul, which were prayer, don't be anxious. He's modeling this because he's writing this from a Roman prison under bad circumstances by any account. So he's not saying, ah, everything's easy breezy and uh, I just want you guys to, you know, he's not being glib. He's coming from a very um, certain depth of challenge. And he's saying, rejoice even in the challenge. I, I imagine they knew his circumstances and when they read this, it's like, Wow. And, and he had said, be followers of me as I am of Christ. And um, so he says the things you've learned. See, it's one thing to learn something. It's another thing to, I receive that. See, I receive that. I believe I receive when I pray. See, I learn something, and it's like it could just go in one ear and out the other. There are things I learned going through my education that I just learned. But there are some things I received. They were like, wow, this is vital for my future. Yeah. This is vital for my future. Yeah. And heard and seen. Faith comes by hearing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There's that, all that tie-in with our thought processes, our spiritual life, our, our ears, our eye gates, our ear gates. He says, practice these things. Perform these things. Do these things. So here's the homework for this message. Euodia and Syntyche, live in harmony in the Lord. Find common ground and walk in love. And eliminate bitterness and wrath and anger and so forth and walk in love. And those of us that deal with anxiety, let's cast all of our worries and cares on him and let's do it in practicality. I mean, I remember I was in a meeting and it was like, cast it on the Lord, you know. And I, I'm a, I like to fish, so I thought I'd cast it. But every time with fishing... I reel everything back in. So that imagery didn't work for me. Casting all your cares on the Lord, because I'm going to reel it right back, you know. So it's like he wants us to cast it on him once and for all. And the way we could do that is, and then pray about it. God, I, I, I am now send laborers to cross their path. Visit them in the night seasons. Persuade them, convict them, deal with them, help them. Encourage them, comfort them. Give me a word. Show me, raise up somebody to cross their path to minister to them, Right? All that kind of way. You know, go, God, go into the White House and go into Washington and go into the judiciary and go into uh, Jeff City and go into the civic areas of our country, of St. Louis and of Ch Chesterfield or whatever. God, we go through these doors in faith. We carry the gospel of Jesus. I'm believing for the word of God to go forth in power. Eastern Bloc Christians uh, were closed. The gospel was closed uh, tightly by the communist uh, philosophy for a long time, for 70 plus years in Eastern Europe. And then God opened that door, right? The Berlin Wall came down. God, opened, God tore down the, the Iron Curtain, 
right? Don't you think the things that are arrayed against us, God is greater than those things? So instead of being anxious about it, uh, we do everything we can to cultivate harmony, right? In the church, in our houses, be quick to repent, quick to repent, quick to ask forgiveness, take ownership on it. Learn to, husbands and wives, learn to flow. Learn to kind of work through it and with, with some joy, with some humor. Like, yeah, okay. Hey, now, now let up on me, man. You're not the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait a minute. I don't think you really repented. I did repent. Ask God about it. I am really repenting. That kind of thing. And then have some fun with it. If it if, if you, so you don't get hurt and stuck and stay in polarity. It's important that we dwell together in unity and harmony. Let's all stand up on our feet. Listen to this. This is the, this is the key. What happens if we let these things uh, uh, take hold of us to where we do them, the God of peace will be with us. It's one thing to have the peace of God. How many of you like having the peace of God in your life? I do. I like having the peace. Wouldn't you like having the peace of God in your big red truck? Just while you're driving, it's when your head's being bombarded and, and uh, the peace of God gets on your spirit. And you, you know, you own your business, you're reconciling the books and all that stuff. Having the peace of God on you as you go through that, you get ready to do your taxes and all that stuff, and the peace of God covering you. But how about the God of peace? How about the God of peace? It's one thing having the byproduct of God and go, oh, thanks, God, that's great. I feel more peaceful. But you have the God of peace. And isn't after all that, well, isn't that the thing we're after right now, you guys? That's what I'm after for children's church, middle school, high school. And please pray for us because I want to make sure as after this global pandemic and all this stupidity, it's unlikely we're going to be able to do jump the way we've ever done it. So we're trying to believe God and get direction and we're trusting the Lord for guidance. We've all come through some things, but man, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he gives us wisdom if we lack it, right? Let's, Let's lift up our hands. Can we do it? Just yielding, just opening up. Say this with me. I'm receptive to the Holy Spirit and His guidance. I want God's will more than anything else. Your will be done in my life, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as the Savior who died on the cross for my sins. After you were buried, you rose again. And I thank you that you're a Savior, and I want you to be my Savior, my Lord. I want my household to be saved. I want those neighbors down the street to be saved. I want government officials to be saved. Lord, move mightily on these cities, Chicago and Houston and Los Angeles. Move on Miami and St. Louis, Lord. Move on London and Paris, the nations of the world coming into your kingdom. And Father, I trust you to help me as I cast all my cares on you. You are God and you are merciful. And I thank you for your forgiveness and your love. You desire no one to perish, but all to have eternal life. And now I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me with all his gifts and all his power all his divine properties resident in me I can do all things through Christ 
Who strengthens me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I overcome. I am more than a conqueror. Jesus has done a work in me. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And I will see his will come to pass in my life. Hallelujah. Amen.